0: Welcome back to Ratchet & Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by J.J. Mont of J.J.'s Auto Service in Waldorf, Maryland. Uh, today, J.J. and I are going to take a dive into what the emotionally intelligent shop owner looks like. Uh, we're also going to talk a lot about um, really how shop owners can dial into their employees. Really, what does it take to be a great shop owner and a communicator who really gets through to his employees? is uh, going to share a really compelling story about one of his technicians who he felt was straddling the fence and looking to get out of the business altogether, whom he was able to pull in, inventory his talents, and now the... the um, Former tech is now his, one of his best service advisors. Uh, it's just a great success story of finding out you know, who a person is, what they're capable of, and then finding the right fit for them. Uh, so I think it's uh, something you're going to really enjoy. And I hope you enjoy the interview today. JJ uh, was featured in the September issue uh, under the leadership of JJ Montt. Uh, just a story about how he really got his legs under him in the industry. And so I think you're going to really enjoy the interview uh, as a companion piece of the story. So without further ado, here's JJ Mont. Well, hey, J.J., welcome to Ratchet & Wrench Radio.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, Chris, for having me. It's an honor.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us how you got started in the auto care industry.
1: OK, gotcha. Yeah, I um a uh, little bit about me is I have a finance background. Um, many, many moons ago, I used to work on Wall Street um, um, coming straight out of college and then I became a, a school teacher. Then I did a lot of volunteer work and, you know, also, you know, did some entrepreneurial things. Um, and the way I got into to the auto industry was I kind of, uh, well, the auto repair industry, I kind of backed into it. I was trying to start a dealership, but the county uh, wanted me to kind of jump through a lot of, you know, hoops and things to kind of get a special permit to do a dealership at the property that I had. And uh, so I kind of backed into the auto repair maybe about five or six years ago. Um, had one company, started it, um, and we ran it. We did it very well for one year, and then I sold that business after one year, and then um, then we started another one that
0: we have now. Excellent. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a leap, finance and education into <laughs> auto repair. I mean, we've had, we've had yeah. some leaps, you know. We've had, you know, recently we featured a guy who went from being an airline pilot to uh, a shop owner. We've had, you know, people go from other places to become shop owners, but yeah, you're the yeah. first uh, from finance. And education. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's um you know, I've always had a entrepreneurial, you know, spirit and, and attitude. And I, I've tried to do a lot of things before and it's funny how, you know, you know, with God's providence, you know, things happen in, in the right timing. You meet the right people and you do a lot of stuff. And um it just worked out. Like I said, it I, I didn't want to do repair at all. You know, I kind of backed into it and kind of found out that it was actually a blessing.
0: Yeah. Very good, very good. So how are you enjoying it?
1: Oh, it's great. It's great. You know, I, uh, I really, really enjoy what I do. You know, I I really enjoy what I do because I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not a mechanic. I am a state inspector, but you know, I'm not in the shop with the guys, you know, um, you know, guys and gals fixing, fixing vehicles, you know, but, I pretty much, you know, run everything with the awesome staff that we have. So it's been seamless for me, you know, um, you know, building something and just taking it from zero to, to where we are today. It's been great. I love what we do.
0: Right on. So how, how, uh, how many bays do you have in your shop and how big is it and how large is your staff?
1: Okay. Our, we have five bays. We're actually building on a six bay right now and we have eight full-time staff. So I have, uh, three service writers. Um, I can write service as well, but um, but I let the people that are really good at it do that. And I have four technicians right now, looking to add a fifth. Um, and it's about I want to say about 3,200 square feet total. Okay. Um, the building, but you know we have about an acre of uh, of property, so we can we can do a lot of stuff.
0: Okay, so something I learned about you is that you're a very strong communicator and a good talent evaluator. How did you develop those two skills?
1: Well, thank you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that's true stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, (laughs) um, yeah. Well, I think I think as you know, as a strong communicator, I'm very passionate about what I believe. You know, very very passionate about what I believe, and what I say, or when I'm when I'm communicating with somebody. I think at the end of the day it literally just has to make sense. I can't I don't really like people trying to communicate, not necessarily my staff, but just in general, people in general that are trying to communicate something, but it's not it doesn't make any sense. You know, so it's it's important for people to be able to receive a clear a clear message and it does make sense so they can take it and run with it. You know, a lot of times people try to communicate and and they say stuff and they, they want you to do and they have all these expectations without the clear communication or strong communication, you know, and I think that's, uh, that's the most important, most important thing about it. Another thing is listening, being able to listen and not only just with your ears, because like when you're, when you're talking to people, particularly your staff and and you're trying to, you know, do some new things or make adjustments or, you know, just pretty much communicate a, a certain message, you know, um, you have to listen and, and a lot of times, like I said, you don't just listen with your eyes. You can see body language. You can see it's, it's so many data points that you can kind of, you just receive And it, It's a, it's an invisible thing. You know, it's not a, it's not a, a, a tangible thing. It's an intangible thing. So you have to be able to interpret the, the data they're giving back to you. Cause a lot of times they may not say what they really want to say. And you have to be able to um, get it out of them in a certain way, whether it's hand movements, body language, eyes, just just their overall aura and and demeanor.
0: Yeah, and I think it takes uh, you know someone who is empathetic, like a, a leader who's empathetic, to be able to look at people and be able to extract that stuff out of them, like being able to visually read somebody and and say, Hey, uh, I noticed that you looked a certain way when i said this mm-hmm. or you you know you, you put your hands in your pockets, or you did you, you did, gave me some sort of nonverbal cue did you mean that like how like do you find that to be true oh yeah
1: oh yeah i mean everybody's different some people would just flat out just tell you exactly what they uh how they feel, what what they're thinking with no filters, you know, which is cool. That's that's their personality. You have a lot of those. You have some people that won't say a thing and just say, hey, yeah, everything is great. But something may be internally going on, you know, and um, but so, yeah, so it, it's important to be empathetic, Chris, because if, if you're if you're oblivious to 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 the person that's in front of you and and all i'm say for example if all i'm trying to do is you know get this person to do something okay that uh, uh, and most people do that um a lot of owners of, of you know independent shops or whatever a lot of times they, they're oblivious to to the actual person and so when when you can you know uh, effectively see where this person truly is and then draw out more information and you you develop this um this trust relationship and cuz at the end of the day that's what you want i, I don't want you know my staff or anybody ever do it just to be a short term relationship i want it to be a long term relationship and for me I'm a relationship guy so i i um, value relationships over everything. I value them over money. I value them over pretty much everything because it that that's what's important to me is the relationship. You know, you put a lot of their uh needs and desires and, and you you promote those to be first. And they have no problem with you, you know, taking care of them and understanding that you you feel them. And that's what that's what, you know, I refer to when you saying you know, having empathy for people.
0: Yeah, which brings me to another point um I wanted to talk to you about was just this idea of getting down on their level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like each team member is going to communicate in a different way. You get you're dealing you're talking about yourself dealing with like what, eight personalities, seven, eight different mm-hmm. personalities, different mm-hmm. people, different temperaments. How important is it for a shop owner to get down on the level of each person and, and not just understand the person themselves, but understand how they receive and give communication.
1: Another word, another way of saying that is just, just humility and just humbling, humbling yourself. Um, and, and, and people should, you know, and and it's okay if they do, but for me in, in the way that I like to lead my life personally and professionally is to not think more highly of myself than I ought to. So I have no problem Uh, you know cleaning the bathrooms they see me do that they see me sweeping the trash out front Uh, they see me picking up you know uh, small pieces of paper throughout the parking lot Um, they see me taking the trash out from the shop and dumping into the into the garbage you know they have no problem seeing me sweeping all that so they see um one of them and they know that you know they they can they can feel that hey here's the owner who's going in there and and cleaning the commode, you know, um, or cleaning the commodes in the shop and he doesn't have a problem with that. So I think that's, that's important to when you, if, if they know you're not trying to separate yourself and distance yourself from them, but Hey, we are family. We're, we're in this together. I want, when you go into that bathroom as my staff, not only just the, the, the customers, but I want my staff to have a clean bathroom to go to you know, and, uh, and that's, that's very important to me. So I have no problem. You know, it's, it's really not even uh, like just going down. It's just that you're just a human, you're just a person. And I want to feel everybody at that, at that human, intimate level. If that makes any
0: sense? No, it makes total sense. And, and I like what you said about just, you know, cleaning and picking up the trash. I mean, because sometimes more of what, what's communicated is not in what we say, but what we don't say you know Mm -hmm. about you know and you talk about just leading by example because i think that's a powerful thing when when your people in your shop see you willing to do the work that you're Mm -hmm. asking of them or you're doing even going beyond that doing stuff that you're not asking of them it's it sets an example and it kind of sets a, a precedence
1: absolutely and it's it's like you you're just you're just leading by example like i want to i want to um kind of uh you know demonstrate just the attitude or the energy of of where we are. Nobody's above anything. We're all we're all in this together. So you know, you got my back. I got your back in in all situations, and uh, it's it's just been it's just been great.
0: Yeah. Now you're known as someone who's a motivator. You know, the side of someone who's a, a powerful motivator is this, the presence of emotional intelligence, right? It's made, which is self awareness, empathy, motivation, self regulation, social skills, like all these things make someone. You know, emotionally intelligent. How do you inspire the people in your shop to be emotionally intelligent as you are?
1: That's a great question. I think, um, I think, Chris, that ultimately everything um, reproduces after its own kind. Okay, so if I if I plant a, a oak seed, I don't know, is that a real thing? An oak seed for oak tree seed. Um, an apple tree is not going to come up. You know, oak tree is. If I plant an apple seed, an apple tree is going to come up and i think it's the same thing in in an organization okay uh or any type of any type of business whether it's a uh, a church whether it's a automotive repair shop whether it's a a cake bakery wherever you want to go um everything reproduces after its, its, its own kind so for me i want my spirit to be reproduced in the shop so that means that's 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 like a, I have to take an active approach in making sure that people um, become better, are constant learners, are constantly making adjustments, um, know how to receive instructions. Know how to manage their emotions. Know how to uh, be frustrated, but don't show it. You know, and that takes a high level of intelligence to be able to do that. Because you know, when we come out, uh, you know, when we're born and, and, and come out of the womb, we just start crying, and we try to get everything that we want, and and we we learn to get what we want certain ways. You know, and some people never really unlearn those ways. So it takes a high level of intelligence to kind of uh, you know regulate yourself. Um, know how to process information in in very very uh, stressful situations, and also to delivering excellence to the customer. Um, what happens, Chris? A lot of times is that when that spirit reproduces and everybody is in tune to um, you know how how things are supposed to happen, like the energy level, the the, the tone, the tonality, the you know just just the whole aura people notice the difference and they don't know a lot of times they don't really know what it is but the customers were like you guys are just different so but that difference doesn't just come out of thin air it's it's um you know it's it's definitely intentional it's it's definitely something that is worked on every single day in one way or another um one way for example is um um if if uh, there's a situation going on, if there's a clear path to deal with the situation, um, then the the frustration or the the stress or whatever can be alleviated if we can all get on the same uh, you know the same thing to get rid of those those negative emotions to deliver a clear and concise uh, message to the customer. Um, but not only that, it just it just really affects the overall atmosphere of the shop if everybody's in tune to the, you know, to the spirit of the place, which is to deliver excellence and treat everybody, uh, you know, wonderfully. You know, we have so many different cultures in our shop. We have Jamaican, we have, first of all, me, I'm I'm black and white. um, So multi, uh, what do you call it, biracial. They got a lot of labels for it, but I'm biracial. Um, uh, You got African, you have, you know, African-American, you have Caucasian. We have, um, you know, from El Salvador and and other places. We have a lot of different cultures. So how do you how do you get all of that together and go forward as one force? Well, there's something at work that's invisible that has to be worked on every single day, you know. And that's what we that's what we try to do all the time.
0: Oh, I love that. That's really good. And how do you train for that? Like, how do you get guys like you know? trained up to be able to communicate in that way where they're open with you you're open with them and you guys have this inner shop harmony
1: well I think um the way you train is first first you have to uh, be that in other words like you can't give any you can't give anybody uh, anything that you don't have you know so you got to first have it you know and and I think what happens is um it's my responsibility, I believe, as as the owner of the shop to um, communicate truth to you, you know, as as my staff. It's, it's my job. It's my responsibility. It's my obligation to communicate truth to you. Um, so with me, um, I'm always going to it's It's not all about the fixing of a car. It may be that as well as the the emotional approach to it or your attitude or your energy level. Um, and and by the way, I don't micromanage people's energy. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm in there, uh, you know, just going crazy or nothing like that. But there are times where, you know, it's, it's certainly needed and required. There's times where, you know, um, people need direction, and people need insight into something. And when you can deliver that, it builds uh, rapport, and it, and, and it builds trust. And they know that, I trust them professionally and they trust me as the owner to make sure that we t- collectively can, and, and combine we can, we can, we can pull it off. But the way you train them is you first have to have it. So I I, need, I know for me personally, Chris, I've spent, you know, the last 30 years or so of my life, just pretty much every day, just being in tune to where I am uh, emotionally, where I am, you know, spiritually. So um, I don't come into the shop, you know, um, throwing wrenches and mad and all that. I don't do, I don't do none of that. Uh, a lot of times if I'm upset or frustrated about something, nobody will ever even know it, um, at all. And I think when people can see that, you know, the owner, he knows that, okay, we have a problem here, but he doesn't do what everybody else would do. There's something to it, but what is he doing? How does he, how is he able to do that? And then uh, a lot of people are very inquisitive and, and want to find out how to, how to bring about that level of peace in their
0: life. Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, especially in a high stress environment, you know, such as auto repair, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, be it, it, can, it can be very easy to be reactionary. Mm-hmm. I can imagine it can be.
1: Absolutely. And, and that's the thing, Chris, because every, um, Every customer is coming in with a problem. So every day we have to solve problems. I I think it's pretty much every business, right? (laughs) Every business. has. So as a a business owner and being able to uh, have a team and a squad that we we roll together, um, we have to solve problems every single day different type of problem, so there may be this type of problem and, and this technician is dealing with this type of problem so there's the whole shop is filled with problems but when you get um, uh, in tune to where you are and how to manage this stressful situation what happens is you elevate above the problem so the solution is always there if you're willing to accept it and willing to receive it there's a lot of times where um you know, I've worked many different places and, and did different things. And a lot of times people do not want to receive, you know, they just, they kind of just shut down and it doesn't matter if you told them the truth and, and you wrapped it up with a bow and a, and a beautiful box and you hand delivered it to them. A lot of times they don't want it anyway. Okay. So that's what we, that's what we kind of go against at, at our shop. We want to make sure that, um, we all rally around the truth. Okay. And then we work from there. Okay, so that's 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 one of the most important things for us.
0: Okay, so how important is it from a customer-facing standpoint to have advisors and even technicians who have a a strong degree of emotional intelligence?
1: Well, that's that's a good question too. The it's very important. That that's the difference. I think that is the difference. And and to be honest, that's one of the things that uh, early early on, you know, kind of fueled my fire in this industry was that it was just lacking everywhere that I would go as a customer, not, not necessarily as an owner, but as a customer, or if I called any other business or dealt with vendors or um, went to a restaurant or, or, or whatever, the majority of people are not, uh, are not carriers of this understanding, you know? But when um, our advisors uh, speak with our customers, they know they are heard. Uh, the customer, the the customer understand that they are heard and they're felt and we understand and we're going to work together to to, you know, uh, get things going here in, in the best interest of, of the of the customer. And the the good thing is, like our service advisors, they know and text too. everybody knows what you know what I believe. I'm not trying to take advantage of a customer and my 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 advisors know not to we don't we don't play these little games to try to get another dollar from the customer and all that sort of stuff so they don't feel the pressure or the stress of having to you know use tactics and strategies to get another dollar it's, it's not about that for me I'm um you know and they know that I'm probably one of the better paying uh people in in the entire area so they don't have to worry about uh, certain quotas and certain things. They, it's this invisible connection that we have that you know we want to deliver excellence every single time, but you don't have to worry about um, the stress and pressure of somebody not getting uh, the alternator fixed and all that. So what happens as a result, Chris, and this is kind of like a compound answer so I apologize, but um, what happens as a result is they are more in tune to the customer as a person. And not just looking at them as as uh, income, so to speak. Um, so we're able to really give attention to each each and every customer the way that they deserve. And that I think that's what separates not only automotive shops, but every business in the world, you know, is the customer service. Can are you heard? Do you feel like you're just a number or are you very important to this company? And and, and everybody knows without customers you don't have anything.
0: Very true. And Tell me, so what do you look for when you hire a team member? What is it specifically that you want in a person?
1: That's that's a good question too. It it really depends. I think, um, of course, you have some fundamental things that you look for. I can talk about that in a second. But at the end of the day, you, first you have to understand, you know, the requirements. What does this position actually require? And can this person fit? as of right now in this um um you know in this particular role i have to know what success actually looks like what what does success in this role look like and then i have to evaluate uh the man or woman in front of me and and make a decision on whether or not i believe that they can be successful in this role and to be honest with you chris like i'm kind of unconventional um i i there are, you know, you have credentials and 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 you have certifications and you have all that, and that's all good, and we all have those things. But I really love the underdog. I love the person that um, a lot of people like to overlook, or the person that can't get the shot that they need. You know, I like that person because that person's hungry. Okay, so it kind of goes back to the the you know what I was mentioning before about there's some foundation of fundamental things like, is this person hungry? Is this person, somebody that's willing to learn? Can they listen? Do they have the right energy? Because I know anytime I add an additional person or additional staff member to our team, it's pretty much me inviting them into my living room to live with me for the next, uh, however long. And not only that, but it's going to affect everybody. So does this person have a basic understanding of the importance of, like we're talking about here, emotional intelligence? Can they work with others? Do they have a positive vibe? Are they optimistic or pessimistic? You know, I like optimistic people. I like to see, you know, high levels of success. I like to, I like to push the envelope. I like to you know, I like to go 100 miles per hour. You know, everybody can't, and which is which is cool. And you have to you have to know where people are. But I know it's it's important to see um, whether or not they fit not only just in the role, but also uh, in the grand scheme of things.
0: Okay, and you have a story about that. You know, I know that you had a guy in your shop who was who was having some challenges, some yep. difficulties, and you helped him to turn himself around. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, That's a, uh, it's a great story. It's uh it's our service advisor, Justin. Um, some years ago, I hired Justin as a technician um, and, you know, he pretty much would do, you know, engines, transmissions, all the, you know, heavy stuff, light stuff, all that sort of stuff. And, um, but I saw that when we hired him, Chris, you know, I saw that he was, he was a, he was a good tech, but I knew, he was you know by talking with him he was he was on the verge of kind of changing professions um so he was he was already starting to kind of sell you know sell his tools and stuff and you know when people start selling tools you know they're kind of trying to get out of the uh of the business and of the industry and 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 that's fine that's not a problem with that um but he started doing that and started looking into like uh he was doing courses and training for cybersecurity. And, but I saw something in him, uh, that a lot of people couldn't see. I saw the raw talent of a service advisor. Okay. Um, I saw that he was great with people. Um, I saw that he enjoyed talking to people. Okay. I saw that he was really good on computers and, um, I, I, I was just able to identify with him, uh, um, you know, potential in, in something else. So as he, as I started to kind of talk to him about that, I saw that he, it was not a problem from him. And he was, he was very interested in that. Of course, no, no experience, no, nothing, no, uh, doesn't, didn't know how to sell, uh, sell a popsicle. you know. <laughs> so he, um, he, you know, he, he took it like a bulldog and, um, we got other texts in and, and allowed him to, you know, to, uh, be a service advisor. So he became our only service advisor and just one person alone selling 2 million a year. He's just been fantastic. So now he's the, you know, service manager and he's, um, you know, training, we have a, uh, a young lady that we just onboarded for, uh, um, for the service advisor role as well. And he's training and, and doing all kinds of stuff, man. So it, it just, it's just amazing how and his life went to a whole nother level, you know, um, uh, personally professionally and everything it's just it's just just an awesome awesome story
0: and so what's the lesson in that because there's a lesson in there for shop owners what's the lesson
1: i think the lesson is like you gotta you gotta pay attention um pay attention to um uh, to your people because i needed a certain thing and i was looking for a service advisor because i was doing all of the advising at that particular time but i needed somebody to take my place so i can you know, move and, and really focus on the business instead of, you know, working in the business. And, um, so the lesson is just pay attention to not only outside people and people that you're interviewing, but the, a lot of times I would say, you know, 75, 80% of the time it's already in the house, you know, it's in the house and, and you can't be lazy, um, in terms of teaching. Okay. Um, everybody says, man, I don't have a lot of time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Yeah. I just got to No, you got time because that's the business. And m- the majority of the time with small, you know, small, you know, small businesses. The, the owner has to do pretty much everything. So you got to do the human resources. You got to do the finances. You got to do the marketing. You got to do the promotion. You got to do customer. Rel- you got to do communicate. You got to do all of that the hiring and fire. you got to do all of that. So you have to find the time to train a lot of people that are already in the house.
0: Yeah, and that's that's smart business, though, because you know when you think about teaching, it's like it, it pays to teach people to do the work because then, yeah, like you said, you can back yourself out a little bit. And then mm-hmm. that, pers- that person begins to train the people around them, so now you're not needed as much to do as much of the work because you've passed the knowledge down, they're passing the knowledge around, yeah, and, and things are getting done because it's a lot less, it's a lot more cost-effective to take the time to teach someone and build them up than, than it is to continue to go out and find the next person, lose that person, find the next person, lose that person.
1: Mm-hmm. And that, and that's true, Chris, but I, I, I look at it, you know, just like that. I look at it more so. Um. It's, it's funny, even though I have a finance background, a lot of times I don't look at the money first, if that makes any sense. So the, the, you know how it is definitely hundred percent cost effective to, you know, to not have the turnover. It, I mean, The studies show that it it costs you a lot of money when you when you got it, when you have a lot of turnover and you lose a lot, you know, the opportunity cost and everything. Um, But I look at it more so like build the relationship. Everything else will come if you're not willing to spend the time on the people, if you're not willing to spend the time uh, developing your staff. Okay. And when you get bigger and all that, then you have a staff development squad and all that, and you can hire third party people to come in and all that. And, and, and I I get all that, but I take great pleasure in, you know, helping to develop my staff and help them become more and more successful. That, that brings me great joy. That's what uh, that's what to one of your first questions. That, that's what really makes me who I am. And 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 it's hard for me to try to be anybody else. So when I when I develop our people, the the finances, everything else, it, it just comes as a result. You know, so, you know, you heard the saying, if you build it, they will come. Uh, and, and that's true in, in, a, in a lot of cases, because uh, sometimes people build stuff, but they don't they don't build it based on the people. And the people is is the is the um, the thing that holds it all up every single time. It's, it's, it's absolutely the people. So I invest in our people.
0: Right on. So what closing advice can you offer shop owners who want to build an emotionally intelligent staff?
1: Good question. I think um, I think with Chris, I think, you know, maybe probably to reiterate something I said earlier is that you got to first become aware of you. Um, you have to first become aware of your vibe, what you bring, because, like I said, you know, you're, you're going to reap everything reproduces after its own kind what are you bringing? What, what feeling are you bringing? Are you bringing a, a, like a bully spirit? Are you bringing, uh, you know, frustration and confusion? So everywhere you go that confusion just happens to be right around you, you know, uh, you got to kind of take inventory. That might be you causing all that, that confusion and, 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 frustration and stress. So first look at yourself. Okay. And take inventory of, you know, what you bring your, Um, your essence, your aura, your, your energy level in your spirit and and whether or not you're positive or not. I think that's the most important thing because it's hard to expect somebody else to do something that you're not doing.
0: Right on. Well, JJ, man, it's been great spending time with you today. Yes, sir. (laughs) uh, Looking forward to to seeing uh, how your shop grows. Definitely stay in touch.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it, boss. All right.
0: And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Uh, I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, And you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.